You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 17 weeks, 4 quarters, 60 minutes, and it all leads up to one winning, winning try. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Winning Drop Podcast. I am Rita Hubbard, the NFL chick, co-host of the Glenn and Rita Show on 105.7 The Fan, with my guy Cordell Woodland from Shaking It Up Sports and the Ravens reporter for 105.7 The Fan. And Cordell, this has just been a rough weekend slash weekend. Baltimore Ravens still dealing with the loss uh, uh, that should not have been against the Steelers. Orioles are out of playoff contention. It's been a very weird week in Baltimore, uh, to say the least. And you got to start trying to move on from that type of a loss because you know that that's a game you should have absolutely won and handedly. But it feels like it's hard to move. You know, it'd be one thing if you lost mm-hmm. and the team that you were playing was the reason why you lost. But when you lose because of yourself, it feels like those types of losses are, are harder. What say you? Yeah, I mean, definitely, you know, the, the amount of self-inflicted wounds that they had offensively on Sunday against the Steelers is probably the one thing that you're like, all right, that's something that we can't have happen throughout the course of the year because it's hap- we saw it before against Indianapolis. Those types of games, you, you're going to be that flat for that long in a, in a game. You, you give yourself an opportunity to lose. And so – I don't the, – the drops on Sunday were bad, right? Yeah. The, drop, the drops were really bad. I don't put a – I don't, I don't want to overreact to that because it wasn't like it was a major issue for them going into the game. Correct. Um, I think it was more so about the team that they're playing at the time, the rivalry and everything. It's, it's super magnified at that point. Everybody's, everybody's watching. Um, so – Offensively, I still think this team is still trying to find themselves. I don't know if there's a, a single game this year that they played, whether it's been good or bad, that I think I can sit here and say, okay, that's who that's who the offense is. That's that's who they're going to be because even as good as they looked against the Bengals, especially in the first half, 
I don't know if that's who they'll be this year. The team that's just clicking on yeah, all so Let's talk about that. Let's talk. What team do you, what offense do you think is the real Ravens offense? Do you think that it's the offense that you saw against the Cleveland Browns that you might have seen against the Cincinnati Bengals? Or do you think it's the offense that you saw? I don't want to use the Steelers because I do think that those drops were unprecedented, but the, the, the Colts. Let's use that one. Or do you think that this the, the Colts is more? Or do you think it's somewhere in the middle? Yeah, I, I do think it's something in the middle because each week I think they're going to have a different type of approach. Some weeks they are they are going to be team they are going to be that team that just runs the ball down your throat. And there's going to be other games where they feel like the best way to win is by putting the ball in the air. And I look at that Steelers game as yeah, obviously the drops were bad. But outside of that, the turnovers have been a, a a consistent part of this offense. Sadly, for the, sure, we're five yeah. weeks in, and they're they've just been turning the ball over at an alarming rate right now. And even even on plays that it doesn't result in a turnover, just the fumbles, just the carelessness with the ball to start the year for the Ravens has been really bad. Um, that said, there were opportunities against the Steelers to really open that game up and I, I just think that that's probably more so the type of team they'd like to be the team that I think we could have seen on Sunday that's if, if they had actually executed the plays um but I, I just think that that team mixed with the way they looked against the Browns where okay it was the run game against the Browns I, I just think they want to be able to do both things and yeah. they have shown signs of being able to do both things. Um, I don't think that they've had a complete game offensively yet to where we've seen both the run game and the pass game both look sharp on the same day. It, I haven't, I can't really name a game where that's been the case to this point. Um, but I do think that that's the team they want to be. Maybe not the team that we see both aspects of the offense look great on the same day, but I do think they just want to be a team that, can beat you either by running or passing. They want to be able to be uh, a, a double-edged sword. Yeah, I, I definitely think that what you said in terms of them wanting to do both, I think that this is that's always been the case, right? We've talked about this. Like, people were kept saying, oh, well, the Ravens are going to be passing more. Well, who told you that? Right. I mean, were they going to be passing more than, than in Greg Roman's offense? Sure. Were they going to become a passing team? No. That is never going to be the case as long as John Harbaugh is the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. He believes in running the football, and rightfully so, because I do not believe that a run game should be obsolete in today's NFL. I think it's very important that you run the football. Um, but ultimately, I do think that in situations that require passing, they were going to do just that. And I think that what they what they wanted to have moving forward was a more of a balanced attack as opposed to a run heavy attack. Right. And so, um, I, again, I don't know where, you know, all of that information came from or those, you know, uh, where you, you thought that would have came, you know, been able to come from, but I've never thought that that was going to be the case. I definitely thought that they were going to throw more, um, because you got weapons now Lamar has a new contract. That's just kind of how that works, but it does, but by more, it didn't mean that he was going to be throwing 35, 40 times a game. That's just not what the Ravens do. That's not who they are. Um, I agree with you as well in terms of the uh, turnover battles. 
it's definitely a problem. It's something that they've done every single week. Um, and I don't know what you can, you have to find a way to limit those turnovers. And Lamar um, talked about that um, on Wednesday. He was, you know, asked about that. And, and to paraphrase, you know, he basically said, you know, I got to be more careful with holding on to the football. And that turnovers have definitely been something that they have to work on because it's been at the end, you know, the most inopportunistic times. Um, Justice Hill, who is the guy that I've always been an advocate for and now has an opportunity to really be the premier back in this uh, offense, as good as he is and as explosive as he is, he, he continues to have turnovers and he's lucky that the Ravens really are in a situation where they can use his style at running back where he's not going to be put in the doghouse that we've heard that John Harbaugh has had in the past because otherwise um, he would definitely be getting less time. Um, mm -hmm. I think that his ability is what keeps him on the field. Um, but between that and then there's been times that Justice has missed out on some pass blocking assignments as well. I think there's just something that he has to work on. But ultimately, I don't think the Ravens can afford to necessarily got, put him in a doghouse because his athletic skill is something that they need in order to move forward. So I, I really feel like, you know, again, what happened in Sunday's game against the Steelers is not something that we expect every week. I expect these guys, particularly this weekend, they know. They know what they did and what they didn't do. And they'll figure out a way to fix the catches um, on the drop passes. But the, the, the turnovers from Lamar and everybody else involved, that is something that has been week to week to week. That has been the consistent thing that's happened that they have to find a way to move forward from. Yeah, no doubt. The turnovers are, are the big bugaboo for this offense right now. Yep. Um, and just being able to stay in sync it has been a problem for yes. this as well. On the flip side, what I will say on a positive note, more so an optimistic note, the the call for big plays has been a lot of calling for where are the deep shots, where are the big plays. Everybody's talking about how Lamar is just throwing the short to intermediate routes, you know, and, and not really looking down the field. He threw the ball down the field quite a bit against the Steelers. They, just ain't it. They, 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 they didn't catch it, but it was encouraging to A, see him take those shots and B, see the, like the plays were there. I mean, they, they were there. It's just them not finishing plays. So, I mean, maybe that could be something if they do start to catch the ball again against Tennessee, those opportunities may be there again. Uh, Tennessee mm -hmm. that has played the Ravens quite a bit, and um, they know about Lamar Jackson very well. And the, the number one thing for defenses, I still believe, will be to take Lamar's legs out of, out of the equation. And so they will see a lot of stacked boxes still. That's going to be the case all year. Um, they're, they're still going to be able to stretch the field and, and throw the ball vertically because th those plays will be there. Lamar's been just so good with his pocket movement and yep. um, and, and just with his legs. I mean, that's something that naturally he does. He's, ha he's held the ball a little longer times this year and did it a little last year as well. But overall, his legs are still the number one thing for this offense. So I, I, I do think some of those big plays that fans have been begging to see they, I thought Sunday was an encouraging sign, albeit they didn't complete the passes, but the, those plays were there to be made. I agree. And to add to your point, Cordell, do not take Lamar's legs out of the equation. Right. 
And I'm I'm saying that because I felt like that call for the fade was ill-advised. Yeah. I feel like you still got to trust Lamar's legs in that specific situation. Try to spread those guys out and let Lamar do his magic. And if he doesn't do it, okay, but it still leaves you in a, a situation of getting three points potentially on the board. Or, you know, if you're if you're close enough to the goal line, maybe you think you can try to, you know, punch it in on fourth down. I I I, I cannot stress this enough. In both games, I felt like Lamar's legs were taken out of the equation at the end of those games. And that's probably what happened in terms of why they didn't well. In the Steelers game, that's not why they lost. <laughs> we we know why they lost because they had eight drop passes. But you didn't help the situation, in my opinion, by eliminating Lamar's legs from that equation. And and I really hope that Todd Munkin finds a way to continue to utilize them because that is his superpower. You can't take away the superpower of Lamar Jackson. You just can't at all. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. All right, so there was a lot of additions coming back on defense. We saw the addition of Marlon Humphrey for the first time this season after having a foot injury, as well as Marcus Williams after having uh, a pec injury that at first it looked like he was going to miss significant time, Cordell. And then all of a sudden they said, oh, he's not going to miss a whole lot of time. He'll be back. And he did play. But it definitely looked like he was uncomfortable out there. It felt like he was favoring that pec injury out there um, for a lot of the game. So that bodes the question. Did Marcus Williams insert himself in an offense prematurely? Was it a good idea to put a guy like him in who was still reeling from an injury that many thought was going to have him miss a lot of time early on? Or is it the right uh, call to try to slowly move him back into this defense? Yeah, I mean, look, I, I don't, I don't think that Marcus Williams being on the field necessarily hurt the defense. The defense still had a really good day. Uh, the plays that the Steelers made, especially the big plays, it's not like he was necessarily involved in those plays. So um, I'll say that. But also, watching that game, it he looked like he's playing with one arm, literally. I mean, I'm yeah. pull up anytime he's got to hit somebody with that left shoulder. It's he's not doing it, and um, it, that to me was the concern. I saw a tweet from Jonas Schaefer. Uh, they talked to John Harbaugh out in London, and Harb said that they're not overly concerned about the uh, injury right now. That uh, Marcus Williams's comfort level 
uh, he expects it to improve as the season goes on. So they're going to leave him out there pretty much until Marcus Williams says he can't go anymore. Um, and so, yeah, it is a little worrisome when you think about the guy on the back end and him not maybe being able to make the tackle, you know, when you need him to, to stop a score, because that's essentially what the safety's job is. Um, and Marcus Williams is a physical player. He, he, I watched him watching him pull up on some of those hits and try to avoid contact. That that was not the Marcus Williams that I'm used to seeing. And I get it. I mean, that shoulder is probably bothering him, or he doesn't want to re-aggravate it totally. Right. But if you can't be your best version of yourself, um, or if you feel like you know you you could potentially because again he I don't think Sunday he put the defense in any binds really um but the possibility is still there if he's on the field and he can't play uh as fast and as physical as he would like to i agree with that and it it reminds you of a situation where the Bengals um putting joe burrow out there probably prematurely right where you know he didn't play much and week one he's out there and you can tell he's uncomfortable and has been uncomfortable for quite some time um you know i i don't think that marcus williams needed to be in that game, particularly because uh, the Steelers were missing some guys. They were missing the tight end. They were missing, you know, they don't have Deontay Johnson. There's no real need to put him out there against that type of opponent. And maybe the Ravens actually saw that and said, well, this will be a good game to kind of get him a a feel back into it. I'm not sure. But you, you do have to question, you know, was that the right choice that was made? And moving forward, how is that going to affect his play? Because if he's holding or if he's dealing with his injury in the back of his mind, he's not going to give 100 percent. And understandably so. Right. Like, you know, he can't. And so how does that affect them moving forward when they start playing teams with much better receiving cores moving down the stretch I would much rather them allow him to heal now while to me the schedule is more favorable in that regard um, in terms of pass catchers than in the second half of the season where it really gets it gets hard and the guys that they're going to start playing against is going to get much harder. So it feels like this was a uh, something that was ill-advised. I mean, I don't want to be that person because I'm not, we're not there, Cordell. We're not in the training room. We're not there to see what his progress has been. I'm just saying that I think that he's in a position that you or, or the Ravens themselves were in a position because they're playing well on a defensive level, on a defensive front, that you don't need to insert him at this moment. He's much better used to you moving down the stretch when you play against much better passing opponents. Yeah, I mean, they got the Lions in two weeks, and that's a team that can definitely stretch the field on you. um, Yeah, I mean, that's my concern. Like, yeah, you were able to kind of get away with it to a degree. I mean, ultimately they lost the game, but defensively they still had a good day. Um, they were able to get away with it with the Steelers who don't really push the ball down the field very often either. Um, but that is a physical type of game that you're going to play with the Steelers. It's going to be hard hitting. You you have to be able to make tackles. And he wasn't in many one-on-one tackling situations on Sunday. A lot of it was, you know, him coming in on the back end of the play. But even then he's kind of pulling up. And I guess for me, it's the fact that Gino was playing so well. Um, yeah. You didn't overly i didn't think that they needed to 
really rush him back. And Marcus Williams did come out of the game on Sunday and Gino ended up going in for him um, because it did look like he may have re-aggravated that shoulder a little bit. It doesn't, I, I guess Harbs is, I guess it wasn't anything serious looking at some of the tweets from the reporters that are out there because it sounds like Williams is still probably going to play uh, Sunday. So we'll see what it says on the injury report as the week goes on. But yeah, I, I just thought that with with Geno playing as well as he has, the secondary for as many question marks as we had about them coming into the season, they've been pretty good. They've yeah. been pretty good. And, and you see them give up their really their first big, true big plays of the season were against the Steelers. And they're, you know, you got Marlon out there. Granted, it's a cover zero. Um, but I don't know. I, I just I just felt like they didn't they weren't in a position to where the back is against the wall to where they had to force the issue right now um, with Marcus Williams. And, hey, to your point about Joe Burrow, Joe Burrow did start out slow, uh, probably shouldn't have been out there. But as we're, we're going into week six now, and Burrow said the other day how he felt as good as he has all season. So maybe it just takes a couple of weeks, totally different injuries for the two, obviously, but uh, maybe it'll take a couple of weeks for Marcus Williams to kind of get back in a rhythm and, figure out how to play with this injury and maybe four four weeks or so from now he's okay as well. I agree. So if you're the if you were the Ravens, how do you move forward? Do you insert him just a little bit for the Titans game as you get ready for the Lions game in two weeks or less than two weeks at this point? Um do you continue to try to ease them in more and more? What would you do? I probably at this point would probably just keep playing them. Just like I said, just to give them opportunities to figure out how to play with this injury to, to, to still kind of get some live action under his belt. And I, I think the more comfortable he is, the better. Um, but they've already, they've already shown that they're kind of committed to sending him out there and trying to get him back to where he is a full-time starter. Uh, again so if that's what they're going to go with you might as well keep going at this point because splitting series and stuff like that you might as well leave Gino out there for all of that if you're just going to be alternating each series or taking time off for him I I, I just feel like if you're going to play him then play him if not let him sit out I I agree with you I mean if he's not 100% Gino has done just fine in in his absence let him heal and get himself together. And again, of course, you always want all your firepower. I'm not saying that, but I do think that the Ravens have done a really good job up until now. Um, it's not even up until now. They con- continued to do a good job in the absence of Marcus Williams and others. So um, if the guy is not 100%, don't push it. And that's where I stand with that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. All right, so the Ravens are tied with the... Pittsburgh Steelers at three and two. 
uh, in the division. And as we all know, the Ravens uh, should be 5-0, and but alas, they are not. And uh, the AFC, which many people thought would be one of the hardest divisions in the NFL and still could be, are starting out very lackluster. And yes, that includes the Baltimore Ravens because they don't know how to be consistent on offense as of yet. So um, when you look at this division and you see everything that that's, that's been going on, right, there's been some injuries, there's been some inconsistencies. Uh, how has this looked to you as we're entering the second quarter of the NFL season? Yeah, I mean, this division is definitely uh, – unex- we knew this division would be tight. Um, none of these teams in the division have necessarily played great football this year. Uh, you, you do feel like it's still there hanging in the balance. Um, you look at the division, though, if you want to talk about the positives for the Ravens, through the first five games, it looks like the Ravens have the best offense in the division. Right now, especially in terms of scoring there, you know, they, they lead the division in scoring right now and, and they lead it about 26 points against the Bengals. But what I love the most is that plus 34 in point differential by far the best in the division right now. So I, I think the Ravens, while they have struggled to put to get to string together multiple consecutive games where they look sharp on both ends, um, they do look like the team that is probably able to last the longest, assuming number eight's back there. I mean, because it's honestly all tied to him. Um, but as long as Lamar is on the field for them, I, I see no reason why the Ravens can't still win this division. I still expect the Bengals to wake up at some point. I do think that's going to happen. Uh, we'll see if T. Higgins can kind of get healthy again here in the coming weeks. But Jamar, that Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow connection – is definitely heating up. Jamar Chase coming off that huge game against the Cardinals. Um, you you look at um, the the Steelers. I, I still don't trust them as far as I can throw them. Yeah, uh, and, and that's that's honestly what it is for me. I I just don't trust the Steelers. They can score here and there um, to when when defenses open the door for them to. If there's a busted coverage or something, they may get there a couple of big plays. But I, I just don't trust that Steelers offense. The defense, I do think, is getting better. But I, I just don't trust them in Cleveland. It seems like this Deshaun Watson situation is really turning out to be a problem, him dealing with that rotator cuff uh, issue right now. So we'll see if that defense can hang on and still stay elite. They definitely got the talent to do it. But it's only so much they can do if the offense isn't producing any points. And that that's, that's really going to put a strain on their defense. So I do like the position that the Ravens are in right now. They have a tough schedule still, um, but they're healthy enough. And the hope is that they'll be able to get even healthier as the year goes on. Yeah, for sure. And, and so, um, you know, the Bengals kind of scare you because at the end of the day, we know that they've had slow starts before and then they've ended up in AFC championships. Right. Um, when we talked about this earlier this year, though, I felt like that the Bengals were going to take a step back a little bit. Um, just because, you know, the Chiefs are the creme de la creme, but I don't think that everybody is always going to have the same type of success, right? And, and sometimes that just – sometimes you have a, a setback. And for the Bengals – and I didn't know this, though. For the Bengals, I think that the injury to Burrow is going to be their setback. 
Um, and so I thought that the Browns would be better, but then <laughs> uh, their quarterback is not playing essentially. And so now that's taking them out of games, even though they're talented. So as of right now, it, it's the Ravens who I think a lot of people thought would be contenders for the division and the Steelers who nobody thought would be contenders. Now we'll see how this plays out, of course. And I think that the universe will write, it, write itself eventually. The NFL gods will find a way to kind of right the wrongs here. And I'm sure that things will start to, to, to take place. And the, the Ravens will continue to be in the conversation for the AFC North. But I think that if Joe Burrow doesn't re-aggravate that injury, that they, they'll find a way to get back into the mix. I don't know how many games Deshaun Watson is going to mix but, uh, lose, but as much as he loses games and starting, as much as they're going to get behind. You know what I'm saying? Um, even though that defense is fantastic and it's going to keep them in games, having a guy like DTR who is a rookie coming in and playing for him, and I think they play San Francisco this weekend if Deshaun Watson can't play, can't be good business over there. So I do think it's, at some point it will go back to the Ravens and the Bengals, us having that conversation. But the Steelers are so well coached. You know, they don't have the, the, the firepower as the other two teams or the other three teams as far as I'm concerned. I think that the other three teams have better rosters overall, but the Steelers always have good, great coaching, and that's why they're in a position where they don't have losing seasons. So you can't necessarily, you know, take them out. So this has been a slow start, not only for the AFC North, Cordell. I feel like this for the entire league. I, I think that the games have been sluggish. I think that there's a lot of bad football that's been played across the board. I don't think that this is a Ravens problem or, you know, Browns, Bengals problem. This is an NFL problem. I don't know how to fix it. But I do think as the, the you know, the season goes on, the games will start to get better. So, well, I'm hoping anyway and that the teams that you expected to be good will somehow find a way to be what you expected them to be, including the Baltimore Ravens. Yeah, I mean, I, I see no reason why, you know, that 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 shouldn't be the case. And, yeah, I mean, this division is is definitely still a toss-up right now. You mentioned the Steelers. I mean, I don't think there's a team in the league that knows how to win games better than – I mean, the, the fact that the Steelers are very rarely the more talented team on the football field, and they still can find ways to win. No team does better than them in that aspect they, they just know how to gut it out they know how to make you play their style of game which is ugly um and they'll just try to out ugly you at the end of the day to to still a win on the back end and the ravens fell victim to that on sunday and I, I just think it's important for the ravens to kind of get some separation right now especially I agree. especially while the Bengals are down yep. they're the thing that i worry about the most in this division you know, you you got to create as much separation between you and them right now as you can with the Bengals going through their own struggles. And it's the fact that the Ravens have dropped two games that they really should not have won. have won, yes. Like, that, that's, that's the bad part. Um, and because that you're just making it tougher on yourself. You already have a lot of tough teams on your schedule that, look, you're not going to win them all. Um but you have to win the games that you're supposed to win. That's what good teams do right now. And like you said, the league as a whole is still trying to find themselves. We It was so much talk about the AFC and how dominant the AFC is and how all the better quarterbacks in the league are in that conference. And they are, 
Um, but nobody outside of Kansas City and probably the Dolphins have really truly separated themselves from the pack to this point in the season. So yeah, um, it's still there for the taking, but the Ravens have got to find a way to to be consistent on on consecutive weeks because when I look at Miami and I look at the Chiefs, that's what I see. I see consistency. Every week I know what I'm going to get from those teams. I know yep. exactly what I'm going to get. But with Baltimore right now, honestly, it's a coin flip. Yep, it very much so is. And even though you mentioned the Chiefs and, you know, the Dolphins, well, the Dolphins got skull dragged by the Bills and then the Chiefs had to, you know, barely scratch out of a game against the New York Jets after a three-interception game by Patrick Mahomes. So everybody is trying to find themselves. Um, the Ravens, at, again, should be 5-0, and but they're not. Um, need to figure that out quick because, like you said, once the Bengals start figuring it out, then it becomes a problem. So you have to get ahead of the rest of your division as soon as you can, particularly with the schedule looking the way that it does down the stretch. So we'll see how this shapes up. I'm sure we'll revisit this in a couple of weeks when we get to the halfway mark of the NFL season to see how everything is starting to look and form. Uh, on Friday's episode, we will be previewing the Titans game as they are in London this weekend. Looks like they are, uh, you know, out there shopping. They out there practicing. They out there playing with the kids, the 360. They've already done a whole lot since they've been there uh, on Monday they arrived. So we'll talk about the matchups that they have coming forward and who they think, who we think will win that game uh, that is Sunday at 9.30 a.m. So we want to thank you all for listening. From Cordell to me, this is Winning Drive. Twenty four hundred Sports is an Odyssey company. 